Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are those couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and our producer, Terry. Before we get started, uh, we have something we want to point everyone towards. Nobody on the podcast knows about this, but I'm pretending like we all did it together. (laughs) We started a GoFundMe page to help with displaced citizens families and children in ukraine uh through unicef i launched earlier today we've we will be matching donations up to a total of a thousand dollars uh so please go to our twitter and it is the pinned tweet it'll also be linked to the tweet that we sent out with this episode or you can just go and search on gofundme for help those affected by the war in ukraine that has been going for about 10 hours, and we've already raised $200. What? Oh, wow. Good job. Yay! Or which we'll be matching when the time comes. So, again, if you can't give anything, that's fine. Please just retweet it, share it, try to send other people to the page. Uh, this week we're here to talk about The Dalek Invasion of Earth, written by Terry Nation, directed by Richard Martin, aired November 21st to December 26, 1964. As always, it is time for the game trying to guess where in the 50th anniversary Doctor Who magazine poll did this story land out of 156 classic stories. Um, let's see, Sam, you're by far in last place, why don't you go first? Or would you prefer... Terry go first since he's in first place. I feel like yeah, it should be the opposite way. What? Terry, you're by far in first place. But you've also you and Cody and Sam have only done five guesses. Alex and Jill have done six. So percentage wise you're winning. But what uh where do you think this one fell? Oh now I feel like I've got too much pressure. I am giving this a really good score. I'm going with thirty-six. Jill, I believe you're just a little bit ahead of Alex, so why don't you go next? Okay. Terry's the best at this, and he says 36. There was one time when you guys were all way off, like 70 off, and Terry wasn't there that week. So that's why he's beating everybody. Okay, I'm not going to come the next next week (laughs) that I can win. Easy, Terry. Um, I'm going with 84. Alex? I'm going to go 42. Uh, Cody. Jake. Yeah, I'm I'm not playing. <laughs> One. Oh, shit. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know if you saw the ending, Sam. You'll this never is a have one. to see her again. Okay, sorry. That's we will get, get to it. that soon. Sab, you are by far in last place after last week's fiasco. Where do you think this one landed? You know what? I vote with my heart, Jake. <laughs> uh, 72. That's fine. 
usually. <laughs> you voted Planet of the Giants at 40. <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, 72. Well, once again, Terry is closest. It's 28. Oh, I was gonna say, oh. like, mid-late 20s, but then Terry picked his. I was like, oh, I can't be that close. The Terry. first Doctor only has three stories, like, in the top 40, and they're all Dalek stories, and they're all in a row. 27, 28, 29. We're not going to be watching the 29th one, because it doesn't exist, so that's okay. 27th, one above this, is the Daleks, which is horseshit. This one's way better than the Daleks. <laughs> but before we get into what we individually thought about the story, give me one second. Cody, mm. it is now time... We have 60 seconds on the clock for you to give us your plot synopsis on your mark, ready, set, uh, go. Okay, so they'd show up on a planet. Wait, this is Britain, but it's not Britain. It's future Britain. Everything's dead. Everything's diseased. So then suddenly there's a Cyberman. The Cyberman are cahoots with the Daleks. So the Daleks show up and they're like, hey, fuck you guys. Everybody runs away. And then there's like a resistance crew and they're like, we're going to kill the Daleks. And Ian's like, maybe settle the fuck down. But they find a guy who's like, I'm going to die heroically, and he dies like a bitch. And, like, they get away, they run over a Dalek and <laughs> kill him. And then they find some dude who sells him food for currency? Question mark? And But there's 12 points to Slytherin, and he kills the guy. And then he tries to kill more, but... They escape. Somehow Ian's inside of a bomb chute, and the Dalek's like, we're going to blow up the core of the Earth. And... Uh, Ian's like, no, it, they, like, the, the scramble some radios, the dogs can't talk, they change the robo-men to kill the fucking Daleks. Time! Where's shit? Susan? And then, no, and then Susan <laughs> leaves. <laughs> Not too shabby. There's so many different fucking things going on. Cody, since we're already on you, what'd you think of this one? <sighs> Not bad jake still the first two episodes had me like hated it but instead of just like watching it on the couch you know like relaxing and enjoying the comfort of just watching tv on the couch i sat on the ground and rocked back and forth like an insane person in a corner so i could stay awake and watch the show and i didn't regret it because it kind of was interesting after episode three they had something going and the Slytherin showed up, and I was like, all right, this is interesting. But it's still just old-ass Doctor Who with old-ass shitty cinema screenplay. It's good, this you know, considering. It's good. Cody, it was... verbatim. If we keep doing classic <laughs> Who, I'm not fucking doing it. <laughs> that was episode two. Yep, it's... You're, you're going to have to get over the fact that it's 60 years old. Like, there's lots of things that look like this from back in the day that are good. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, you can say that, but no. Have you seen It's a Wonderful Life or Casablanca? Oh, yes. I have not. They're probably also <laughs> garbage because they're old-ass in Ah, uh, you're a child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what do you think? I... Uh... It's fine. I enjoyed the fact that they were everywhere and there were so many storylines, plot lines going on. It made it really interesting to me and fun. Before we move on, I'd like to point out that 
Terry made a uh sound when I talked about classic black and white movies. Yesterday, he was watching Battleship on Netflix. <laughs> what is that? I don't so know. Kick, like, he was so close to getting kicked out of my house. Every, everybody <laughs> who watches The Room can, like, can say the same thing. Sometimes you spend the time to watch pure trash. People watch The Room out of, like, one, purposely wanting to watch something shitty. Terry likes Battleship. Terry, do you like Battleship? Well, I also didn't get to finish it, so... <laughs> yeah, and you're not gonna on my television. <laughs> you can finish it on your phone, in your car, in the street. <laughs> Jill, what'd you think of this? There were parts of it I liked. There were lots of parts of it that I won't remove, so it's not six episodes long. Because really, the six episodes... so. Through the first three, it's like the last three better be really good. And they pretty much made up for it. But the last episode, really, I was like, okay, I understand why you did all of that stuff. But did you have to? I just, all the classics, I think, that are this long feel too long to me. Well, you might be happy to know that one of the things we'll be watching in the future is the movie version of this story, which is 80 minutes long. It's shorter. It's not any longer than this. Than the... It's shorter. Yeah, wow. okay. <laughs> That's fair. Like, I I was thinking, like, this could be a good movie-length story. There's plenty going on. Yeah. It was they made, just too long. They made two color Dalek movies based on these first two Dalek stories. And the first one's Doctor Who and the Daleks, and the second one is Dalek Invasion of Earth 2160 AD or something like that. And uh, they're both 80, 85 minutes. But the first Dalek story, even though it's cut down to 80 minutes, still manages to have 20 minutes of them climbing around a mountain (laughs) and jumping over really short holes. All the important stuff. Solid. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, this is not your first time watching this. What'd you think? Uh, What are we talking about, Doctor Who? Yeah, no, so this one, I, I think it was this one where I said it doesn't feel like a single story drawn across six episodes because it's a bunch of different locations. There's a lot of shit going on. Like it's, it's interesting throughout. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of like down episodes. Like there were down times where like Ian's fumbling through the shoot or whatever. And, and also just like the montage of them running through places. But for the the most part. part, (laughs) <laughs> well, and I agree, like, the, the outdoor shots and all that shit was awesome, but, like, normally that would be, like, the downtime of an episode, which it, you know, it was still good, but, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. This is my favorite story of classic Doctor Who. As it should be. You and I once um, ranked all the Dalek stories from classic Who. This was my number one. I think you put Genesis number one. Oh, Genesis so good. Yeah. We'll get there one day. This is your favorite story ever? Ever. Wait, no, Classic what? Who ever, right? Classic Who. Yeah. Ugh. It doesn't get better? <laughs> I know. I'm in. I'm Have in. Have you seen I agree. Planet of Giants? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I maybe liked it better. So, the reason I like this one so much... Besides the fact that it's one of the better Dalek stories, it's 
trying to think of a it it has like a scope that no story has had so far like it really feels like they're running all over uh england and that when ian's being taken away in a ship and the doctor is stuck in the sewers and barbara and jenny are you know fleeing the city it feels like they're all apart in this vast world that's being occupied by the daleks and then they all come together at the end it it just feels like an epic story and it's directed within an inch of its fucking life there's some amazing shots in it it looks incredible the location shooting is amazing i couldn't imagine being like a six or seven year old who like barely kind of remembers a year ago when the Daleks were on TV. And, you know, you have, you see Dalek toys and maybe you play Daleks with your friends, but then to be like, Oh, you kids like Daleks and you think they're kind of scary monsters. Well, guess what? They're in your fucking homes, man. (laughs) And (laughs) it would have been amazing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is definitely my favorite Dalek story. Possibly, probably my favorite classic who story. For all of those reasons. Jake actually talking about himself in the 60s. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and Susan leaves. Yeah. But so <laughs> the whole time in the episode, it's it felt like there were stakes. Like, like yeah. people, like anything could happen. Like it, like nothing felt like in the bag, like plot armor type stuff. And it like it felt real and rough and like. After watching all the news and then watching this, you're like, oh, fuck, this is crazy. Like, it's <laughs> and like there's there's times when the Daleks are just like right behind them where like someone saves them and he's like, OK, I got to go back for something and then turns the corner and dies. And like our heroes just barely escape. And then there's, you know, the the wheelchair guy with the this bomb. that's like going to be this big you know conclusion to the story like we finally have this thing and it does nothing and it's this huge battle scene where the humans just get destroyed and like this big force that we thought we had is now just like two or three people just like trying to flee the city it's great yeah very very actiony felt big this was the first series i watched except maybe as text was close but like even though they all have different stories and different settings in which they're operating in and their their crew of two they were all interwoven very well so was it ter- uh what was the name of the person who wrote this terry, terry nation? nation yeah terry nation should have just been the writer for doctor who <laughs> um well you you might take that back as we get to some more of his stories God damn it jake is he a racist no, he just repeats himself a lot. Oh, um, that wouldn't be like any other Doctor Who writers, no, would it? You're you're right there, but uh, there's some Dalek stories aren't so great, and he, from now on he only does Dalek stories. Oh, but he did a lot of good work on other shows. He retired or died very rich. They they call him the only man to ever get rich from Doctor Who. That can't be true. Who owns Funko Pop? <laughs> well he well that's licensing but he he's like the one of the few writers or i think they changed the contracts or whatever after him but he owned the daleks and his estate still does and still gets paid every time doctor uses them all right jill you said there's some good parts give me some good parts what do you what'd you like 
I liked some of the character development. I liked the David development. Like obvious, Sexy Scottish David? Yeah, like obviously you know that that's going somewhere hard in uh, episode six. Um, Sorry, just to interrupt you quick. If anyone listens to the My Adventure in Space and Time podcast, Shona only calls David Sexy Scottish David, so I got <laughs> that from there. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I also, like, I think I like the concepts overall. Yeah. Like, the taking over the world-ness. And we, we've seen it a couple times in New Who, where they're, like, the Doctor and the team get there, and it's not, like, a battle for Earth. When they get there, that that battle's already happened, and the Daleks won, and they've been running shit for a while. Right. Um... Some of the characters, I think, were just overdeveloped. Maybe that's my problem. Like, who's the dude that's not David? I can't remember his name. Uh, Tyler. Yeah. Like, what's what's the point of him? We don't need to know that much about him. Like, I <laughs> definitely... I mean, he was kind of the Barbara love interest, right? He was just kind of the guy... Do you mean the wheelchair guy or the other guy? Oh, I forgot about wheelchair guy. <laughs> right, all did. Tyler is just like the guy I referred to him when I was watching as Crocodile Dundee. Like he's just the guy who is always just goes out on his own and then just comes back and tells you everything. And he just is always going to be fine. Oh, he like, was he was the commander that escaped from the battle and had like a wound and then left. Yeah, he's like, I'm fine. I'm better off on my own. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and Barbara tried going with him. He just said no. Right. But she was just looking for anyone. But there was way too much attention on him. For too long, for what it turned into. Yeah, for a story like that, though, you need exposition, and that that's his job. Like, he would just come back and be like, okay, here's what's going on, because I off-screen, I was out there scouting. I also really liked Ian throughout the story. I think I've liked Ian for the last few. Like, he's out doing stuff, he's trying things, like, he's putting the pieces together. <laughs> Hiding inside bombs. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't his choice, but... It's great. I just listed things. Well, while wearing a dope ass suit the whole time, dude, his shoes were snazzy when it showed like the close up <laughs> of the shoot dropping out. Yeah. Hey, if you're gonna jump out of a bucket that's twelve feet high, are you gonna like take a step up to get even higher and then <laughs> jump? <laughs> like you, you go over the edge and dangle down and drop. Right? Come on, Ian, quit showing off. I'm assuming we're waiting to talk about the ending, so I'm not saying anything yet. I did like, like, okay, I think I brought this up last time we talked about the Daleks. Whatever, that that was just the Daleks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like the Daleks are more developed in Classic Who than we saw in New Who. Like, they're, yeah. maybe we just see the behind the scenes of them more. Uh, like, we see them coming up with plans and whatever else. And we got the the black Dalek. Yeah, I was gonna ask what what are the color significance? So black Dalek. Then I'm pretty sure there was like completely white Dalek. Then there was like a mixed Dalek. There were two diff like differentiations. One was the Supreme Controller, which I think is the black one, and then one was the Saucer Commander. But it's like the first time we see like a ranking system in the Daleks. Okay, I didn't know if it was like. Daddy Dalek, Mama Dalek, because <laughs> it was like oh, a he, weird. He mix. Daddy Dalek, all right. Oh, it's 
Um, so oh, I, I just did, threw I, up in my mouth. <laughs> I really liked seeing like the behind the scenes, like the Daleks planning. I feel like in New Who, yeah. what we see is just the Daleks being evil. Um, we don't. Yeah. They come in and you know shoot people and exterminate, and that's pretty much it. My favorite was the cardboard cutout Daleks. <laughs> they're, when they're outside in like the landing area, just outside the ship. There were always two in the far background that were just cardboard cutouts. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> they never moved. Wow. I just awesome. saw that. Yeah, because the the brilliance of filmmaking, <laughs> <laughs> movie magic. <laughs> I don't remember your answer from last time. Am I wrong? Like, aren't they more developed now than we see in New Who? Well, yeah, because I think I think you're right. The first several times we saw the Daleks, all we hear is exterminate. Well, in New Who. We'll talk about it a lot more much later, but once, like, they they will continue to be like that. And then once they introduce Davros into the story, then that all goes away. Because now all the stories are told through him, and the Daleks kind of become just robots and automatons. But, but uh, until that point where they're, you know, like a functioning society r- running on their own accord, that yeah, you're absolutely right. So there was a line, though, where the Doctor said... Are like we saw them a million years in the did he say past or future? Future. Future, yeah. So this was earlier than when we previously saw them. So they're they're so this story is pre war on their home planet. Yeah. So even though they might seem underdeveloped in the first story, they have been ravaged by a war that's destroyed their planet. And they're just like kind of a small group living in this city trying to survive. I, I must have heard that in reverse then, the first time I, re- I saw it, because I thought this was a million years after they had encountered them, and that's why I had the same thought. It's like, oh, every time we see them, they're like more developed, yeah. there's more technology, that makes sense, they've had a million years to get better, but it's the other way, which, so then they've degraded, which is an interesting kind of species arc, I guess, think about it. Yeah, in the novelization, they do switch it and say it's in the future. Hmm. I also think the... What are the robo-things called that they put on? Robo-man. Cody, yeah, you yeah, called yeah. them Cybermen in your... <laughs> exactly. Cybermen. Look at that helmet. Cybermen haven't been invented yet. They were just invented. Cybermen. But the, but the Cybermen were probably, like, heavily influenced by this episode, right? For sure. That helmet is a Cyberman <laughs> helmet. No. No, no, no. Fuck. We'll get no, no, to no. it when we get All to right. the first Iron Man story. But five minutes googling pictures. Here we go. <laughs> well, they maybe design wise, but or actually the first Cyberman looked crazy different. Yeah, but uh, you're right. the person who created the Cyberman, the writer, did it for a very specific reason, and we'll get into that one day when they take away the Daleks to go make those two movies, and they need to come up with a new monster. Um, but I, I liked the Roboman idea. That that was a mm-hmm. cool way for the Daleks to take over without having to make every one Daleks. Sam, give me some stuff. I liked in the sewers where they had to shoot an alligator. <laughs> MVP part. MVP I'm is that kidding. that prop ladder that's actually <laughs> right? trash. Like when she got on it just like half fell over. That's okay, though. It was another scene where we got to see David. 
I'm pretty sure that Straight alligator feel on Susan. was a baby alligator. But yeah, it was up. the tiniest gator in the world. It, it was kind of cute. And alligators are terrifying. Legitimately scarier than like all of the Doctor Who monsters. Just a plain alligator. Alligators are terrifying. Do you remember the yeah. alligator guy that wore armor? Because he was on a submarine. Oh. That's all I can tell you. Yep. The, um, <laughs> Not an alligator. The one from, he, he the might one, as well have been an alligator. The ones from Mars, right? Yes. Yeah. Martian. Ice no. warriors? From Ice Mars. warriors? Tell me they're not Martian. Uh, they're not Martians. Okay. They <laughs> merely adopted they're Mars. From... <laughs> no. They merely mm. adopted Mars. All right, guys. Focus up. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the sheer... God dang it. Like, the special effects being miniaturized like little wooden trucks. Like, when they blew up that that one truck and it was just like this little poorly painted wooden block of a truck. God, that sucks, Jake. He hated that part so much. <laughs> and let's continue on for additional references. Uh, the tiny little miniature tube that they use to display the bomb sliding down into the pits oh, of Earth. That was pretty good. Absolute trash. No. <laughs> And well, let's. How about the styrofoam rocks that uh, Brenda molested way too much, so everybody watching the show could see that they're garbage <laughs> styrofoam she, rocks. When she tripped over and dumped the rocks out, I am very interested. Why don't to know, you just like use the, real rocks? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking here, bro. And I told you why, because they're heavy and they suck. <laughs> it just doesn't. Come on. True. I mean, I I agree. Like you don't need to fake it, but you know, here we are. They couldn't find rocks. They're not in okay. a quarry. Speaking of rocks, another part that no, killed me. I didn't me finish my point. You just interjected, and now you're making points. Uncool, bro. Use the rocks to like kill the Daleks, but they like Th push the so rock far. into the Dalek and just push hard enough for the top of it to fall off. These Daleks oh, yeah. are so weak. Can you imagine? Okay. Can you imagine if in a new who that is how they destroyed the Daleks? They just came at it with a rock and pushed it with a rock and it fell in half. <laughs> Barbara killed one by hitting it with a truck. Like That makes a little if, more sense. Come on, Jake. But if that's all it took, how did we lose this war? <laughs> it shouldn't have been that hard. Yeah. You just hit him with stuff. How bad were these bombs? Like a grenade <laughs> right. can do more damage than a truck. Jokes on you, these Robo Men are like Captain America, super amped, incredibly powerful. You don't know. Also, but, okay, the excuse me. The bomb, that like rectangular bomb, whatever that prop was, where yeah. uh David pushed out the fuse or whatever, and mm -hmm. the ticking was incredibly annoying. Mm -hmm. What did they do on that to like melt the top? That was cool. That was cool. That was a cool effect. So the bombs that they used in the beginning uh, were acid bombs, I believe. So he just opened one of the bombs up and poured the acid out to burn through. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's like, you know, in the story. But like but IRL. wise, obviously it was a styrofoam bomb. Oh, it was probably bomb. styrofoam and you just pour like a... Actual pour a styrofoam acid? to make it disintegrate? 
Yeah, it's probably just like acid. Which would be like incredibly toxic. Right. Yeah, that would be terrible. Hello, yeah, this was there, like was, the they were 60s. using lead paint at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's that's where I was like, okay, that we got some real prop specs here. Like people are gonna die for this scene right here. Somebody has a tumor right now. Unless someone did some really great chocolate work and they just had like boiling water and melted through Fucking it. Fucking nailed it, Sam. Acetone. Yeah. It's acetone. Acetone. I didn't know acetone melts styrofoam. Uh, any alcohol, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. That was cool. Good job on that prop. I finally made my point. Everybody can interrupt me now. You also, you have to realize that A, this show costs $25 to make. Two, it People Can't at home are watching this. Uh, yeah. It's from Home Alone. A2 and D. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, two, it was, people are watching at home on a 13-inch black and white TV that they're sitting 25 feet away from. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. I thought the story was pretty good. Um, I liked it a lot. Got a lot of action everywhere. Thank you, Jake. Who is this talking? <laughs> you were next on my list, man. Oh, no, you never asked me what I thought of the show either. But... The show in general, I I'd ever. Say it now. Right? <laughs> my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Jake's been on half stroke mode since we started. That's true. That is true. Better than full Should stroke. Should I ask what half stroke mode is? It's when you're like kind of hard, but then you're like slowly, you know, just and then your stroke. face starts to droop a little. Yeah. yeah. Oh, make no. a lot of noise during this portion so it gets cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Get a shift. Uh... So uh, we haven't talked about him yet, but we got wheelchair guy um, making making bombs, breaking hearts. Not fulfilling his promises and eventually committing suicide. But my favorite shot in the whole show is after he's died and he's laying on the ground. The camera is like on the ground, uh, like next to his dead body, like at the top of his head. You can just see his head and like the frame of his glasses. And then we see Jenny and Barbara... Like opening the doors, uh, getting getting back in the truck and taking off, like making their escape because he gave them the time, Ew. and it's just super beautiful cinematic shot. I liked it very much. That was an interesting shot. That's not what we've been seeing from the show, so I did take notice of that. Well, it's one of the very few times they've, or it's really only the second time we've seen them go outside and really using location filming for this story. Oh, kind of like that spot where there was a cliff outside of that little hut that they were huddling in when the Slytherin showed up and they went to one side of the cliff and then they went directly <laughs> a 90 degree angle on the same cliff and said, oh, we're still stuck. Yep. You know, it's the Slither, right? <laughs> uh, no, it's Slytherin. Slytherin, that's what he said. <laughs> J.K. Rowling of... taking notes in 1916. <laughs> uh, of shots, I truly enjoyed... Uh, the first shot of the Dalek when it came out of the Thames. Yep. Like, that was super fun to see. Um, and then later on, when they were doing perspective from the Dalek, 
of that was cool yeah and like did the close-up on the doctor i think in the sixth episode i think they might have done it another time yeah, that, another that one. was the very end but yeah, yeah it was it's the first time we've had a perspective shot from the Dalek, and it's the first time we've had like a proper badass doctor shot where he's just like standing defiant while everyone else runs and hides. He's just got his finger hooked in his lapel and he's just like, what? It's great. I also took note of that. I My asshole brain, as soon as I saw that, was like, oh, cool. You cut a circle and a piece of cardboard and put it in front of the camera. You fucking idiot. Yeah. But <laughs> how do you think they do other perspective shots? They just hold the camera <laughs> and wobble it around. But they make it like the hole wasn't cut in a circular. But the, hey, is anyone the else have anything to say? That <laughs> well, you produce are defined. Um, I was sad that Ian ripped his suit coat. It was a really nice suit coat. But. Uh, I don't have anything interesting to no, say. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I I truly enjoyed Barbara in the later episodes. Um, especially her, like, again, I have D&D on the mind. And I was like, oh my god, she's making shit. Like, these awesome deception rolls against the Daleks. But she's, like, throwing all of these oh, facts yeah. out at them. And, like, she was using making history up... to yeah. confuse them, like, battle plan-wise. Like... She is using her like background of teaching knowledge just to screw with everyone, and like she was rocking it, like she was being really good at this. And oh, Barbara, like, I, go! Yeah, and then fucking Jenny has to just screw it all up and not do anything. Jenny. <laughs> is that the mean girl? The one that everyone said, yeah. "Shut up, Jenny!" <laughs> what an awful person. Even when they're in, they're in the museum and. Dortmund's trying to give his notes to Barbara because he's, like, about to go kill himself. So he's like, you know, this big moment and Jenny comes up and is just an asshole. And he just goes, hey, Jenny, why don't you go keep an eye out outside? <laughs> it's like, what? this was never part of the plan that they had to stake someone outside. <laughs> like, that's where people die is outside. We're hiding. It's like, just, just go outside. <laughs> to burn a fun fact, Jenny was originally planned to be the new companion oh. to replace Susan. Yikes. But, like, she probably would have been written differently if that was going to be the case. But, I mean, she is with Barbara the whole story and kind of Barbara's companion throughout. And you could see like, they get closer and do kind of become a team by the end of it. So you could kind of see where they're coming from. But at the time they were shooting, like, even though this is the second story of series two it was shot in the series one production block and they didn't know like the future of the what the future held for the show like how many episodes they're gonna need if they're gonna get another season so they just said fuck it and you know rotor is just like another character yeah jenny sucks. she was <laughs> another character though I, l- I liked her hat her hat made oh, her look I like an hated, onion person or hated something. Hated that. <laughs> hated it so much. Oh, I think Tara's the authority on oh, hats. God, it's just like, why are you wearing a ski mask? That what you're gonna cover your hair for what? Like no one else is. You look. She stupid. was hiding. It's a war. She was being sneaky. Yeah, <laughs> her yeah. head was being sneaky. Everything else very <laughs> obvious. Um. One thing that kind of struck me as odd compared to like new who versus old who 
uh, was that, like, yes, the bomb didn't reach the the breaking point or whatever it was, um, but the doctor still let it explode on Earth instead of like uh, diffusing it or like sending it up into space or onto the Dalek ships or anything like that, compared to what like Tenant or Matt would do or something like that, to where like he just left it and it exploded. It was like, holy shit. Like that to me struck me as very different compared to new doctors. He he didn't do shit. <laughs> if it wasn't for Ian, everybody would be dead. Also true. <laughs> I don't quite understand what Ian did to the shoot. He just like jammed logs yeah. in there. And then the, like the, the bomb tube was just like, oh, shit, logs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we not going to talk about the ending? Let's talk about the ending. The goodbye to Susan. Joe, what do you got? Uh, okay, how old is she? Meh. Wasn't she 16? 12 when we started? No. She got left. By her grandpa. Okay. <laughs> that dude is way too old, first of all. Creepy. But wicked hot. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But, like, the whole time, like, is this Susan or Barbara? If it was Barbara, I'd be totally content. But Susan's a child. So and, yeah, for him to, like, not even give her the choice, he just locks the door. He's like, fuck <laughs> off, Susan. Yeah, she's a it's woman like, now. problem now. They are uh, so immature that they couldn't even look at each other. The acting of that scene kind of ruined it. The way she's like, like talking to the wall and he's like facing the opposite direction. Come on. And like fiddling with some grass. Yes. Are you 12? It, Not maybe. far off. <laughs> Seriously though, she made her decision. Like she did the whole like, I do love you. I do, I do, I do, I do. And then is going to go back to the TARDIS. Like, yeah, I don't it's easy think... to tell someone you love them when you know you're leaving in 25 yeah, seconds. <laughs> I I don't think that was the doctor's decision to make. And then she, like, fell because she doesn't have a shoe. Also, he didn't give her a pair of shoes before leaving? <laughs> she said she Jerry had shoes <laughs> in the TARDIS. There, she's got a whole world. She can get all the shoes she in wants. Most people are dead. World. They can't even find food, Jake. <laughs> right? They have shoes? Forgot. They have the Daleks are gone now. They can go to every yeah, store the that exists are gone. and just take all the shoes. Do you know who's very much alive? The Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> it's still down there today. It might be. I hated it. <laughs> um, it's the first Doctor's like one big speech he does. The His speech is biggest, great. most famous speech. Speech is good. But yes, it is problematic in that a man is just giving a girl to another man. Uh, but you know, but you know, nope. When <laughs> I mean, he's not Alex giving is... her to him. She, he's well, allowing. No, he did. He a... slammed that door shut. He said. He said he double locked it. I saw you guys kiss. He, you are his now. He. So <laughs> I was. You do not I get was, to choose. When I was rewatching it, it was. It was her saying, I do love you, I truly love you, but I need to go. And it's the same shit that Barbara did to the fucking Thal uh, on 
what's it called? Whatever planet that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, man, can you imagine if they just left Barbara there? Right. Oh, you guys can have her. That's fine. Yeah. We're done with <laughs> and, then, and then once the doctor locked the thing, she's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, bye. And then she like she looks so sad. Be like, well, yeah, I guess after, I fucked this after guy. After they leave, he's, she's just like, uh, and just like, kind of holds her hand out to take yeah. David's hand. But she's not very, even looking at him. It looked very, ugh. She's like, couldn't you take David too? And we could drop yeah. us off on a planet that's nice. Well, David wouldn't have left, but yeah. Like, David wants to fucking farm. Like, who wants that? He wants to rebuild Earth. He wouldn't have left. Because he's a grown-ass man, and she's a tiny little child. <laughs> the doctor did say he'd come back for her, though. He won't. He lied. He'd double lock the TARDIS. <laughs> Guess what never happens, Terry? Oh, no! <laughs> there are some 8th Doctor audio adventures that have Susan in them. He does go back. Um, she has a kid with David, played in the audios by the son of the guy who plays the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann. Um, they're pretty good. But yeah, William Hartnell, his Doctor, cannot operate the TARDIS, so I don't know how he thinks he's ever going to come back. But then when we get to the future, like, Peter Capaldi's Doctor can fly the TARDIS no problem. Anywhere he wants to go, he's there immediately. He just, like, lifts a lever and just, like, wishes really hard, and they're there. Never once crosses his mind to be like, oh, I should go check on Susan. Nah, she's fine. This is his, like, one blood relative that we know of, yeah? The only one we ever see. Also, well, irrelevant at this point, but they're not human. Right. So, uh, I feel like that. Like, is what if kind of what if problem? David wants a family? What if that's not possible? Right. <laughs> it was kind of sad uh, when Larry saw that his brother was one of the robots. Yeah, that was a great like a scene in Doctor Who where a brother chokes his brother to death while that brother shoots him in the stomach with a machine gun. Yeah, and they both die. A little. That's uh... fucked up. How did I forget that scene? Holy crap. <laughs> a little dark, Doctor Who. Family show. You guys want some fun facts? Yes. Just, you know, a couple. I want a fun Just tickle me. Song. I said most of them. Um, Susan's departure scene was written by David Whitaker, not Terry Nation. Um, this is also David Whitaker's last show as the script editor of Doctor Who. He's been there since the beginning in that role hiring all the writers and editing their scripts. He will write seven more stories. He'll, you know, stay on as a writer. Um, he did three Dalek books written with Terry Nation. He wrote the second of the two Dalek movies, which is an adaptation of this story. He wrote the stage play The Curse of the Daleks with Terrence Dix. And he died in 1980 at the age of 51. Just some fun David Whitaker facts. He's a big, important figure in Doctor Who as the first ever script editor that fact was fun um they built two new daleks for this story to go along with the four that they already had from the last story but they had to go borrow two of them from bernardo's children's home where they had been donated yikes they thought they were done with daleks yep they were wrong <laughs> <laughs> and 
and they're gonna keep coming like if you look at the ratings like the episodes we've been watching they're getting like eight nine million viewers per episode these ones are like 11 12 13 four, like climbing and climbing um negative film prints of all the episodes were recovered in 1978 william hartnell missed episode four due to a back injury i was gonna his ask stand- about that yeah his stand-in edmund warwick appears as the doctor where they like shoot him from behind while being carried by somebody making him the third person we've seen so far to play the first doctor wow did not notice at all did you say warwick <laughs> or warwick it's well it's warwick but i've seen that pronounced warwick is you think that's the the no father of the Warwick from the Harry Potter series? You mean from Star Wars? You mean from Willow? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same person, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> There's an absolutely amazing No, because it's both of their first names, so I don't think they're father and son. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Also, you would you would bring that up, but you wouldn't say anything about Whitaker and Jody Whitaker, <laughs> right? <laughs> didn't, well, didn't I, already, cross his mind. I already knew about that. Oh, okay. So Hartnell hurt himself. There's a scene where he's like on the table and he gets anesthetized. There's no, a way to say that. Euthanized. Oh no, that's killed. No. Sorry. Hold he's, up. A, <laughs> he's about to be converted into a Robo Man but he gets all numbed up. So then the guy that saves him is like carrying him off the ship and like dragging him down the ramp. And apparently the ramp broke and they like both fell and Hartnell like had to go to the hospital. Like it was pretty serious. Yeah. Wow. That's real serious. Yeah. Get euthanized. (laughs) Holy shit. That's what Terry said. Yeah. Terry (laughs) says stupid shit all the time. What? Uh, that's everything I've got for fun facts. Um, Shut up or go to tweets. No, one one more thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the scene where the Slither like is surrounding the three of them in or four of them. Sorry, in that little encampment thing, uh, and they just did a trade for jewels for food. And I like how that guy was like, "No, this is for everyone else." It's like, okay, cool. He's going to go, like, feed his friends and stuff. And then it comes back to a shot of him later. And it's just Ian and the other two dudes had ate all of these cans of food. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? Yeah, that was Ian needs a lot weird. of protein to keep that mass up <laughs> so he can lift trees. Yeah, Ian's fucking yoked. And he, he needs, like, a high-caloric cal- yeah. diet. got to keep that protein. Like, he can't lose them gains. Nope, He's hitting nah. macros, even in a desolate future. <laughs> Did we talk about how fast Barbara can run? I wish we had. Barbara's the fastest runner in the world. I <laughs> don't remember this reference. So there's there's a scene where her and Jenny have to push the wheelchair like across the bridge and through oh, the city. Oh, the montage, yep. Yeah. And so there's another montage before that where she's like running to keep up with the guy who's like showing, taking her to their hideout. And those scenes are silent. Well, there's, I mean, there's music, but, you know, they're they're out shooting in London and they can't use microphones. But I love that. Um, earlier in the story, all the the refugees that are hiding are like a- after their bombing attempt doesn't work. They're like, oh, man, now we're going to 
like they're going to come looking for us in the sewers. It's like uh, then you see when Barbara and Jenny are running that the Daleks are patrolling like only London's tourist attractions because <laughs> they want to get shots of everything that is around London that ha and have Daleks around them. So it's like the Dalek patrols are exclusively looking at monuments and tourist attractions and not looking in the sewers or places where people are actually hiding. It's great. So did they like actually block up off these places to shoot in those locations? Yeah, it was a huge deal. Like they they shot those Daleks going over the bridge, and I don't know which bridge that was, but it was a bit. It's a huge bridge. No. And that was all the promotional stuff, like the Daleks in London, like. In your home, where you live. It's awesome. Anyway, Barbara's the fastest human alive. Susan was barely keeping up with her, so she had to die so Barbara wouldn't lose her her spot as the fastest human in the world. Alright, time for some tweets. I asked some Twitter friends what they thought, and here's what they said. BT Flippity Gigget says, or at URCool91, says, Dalek Mania Time, all caps. Doctor Who solidifies itself as a franchise in the modern sense by bringing back a supposed one-off villain, and it's freaking glorious. You can tell that they went all out. Well, all out considering the usual budget constraints. And the whole story is easy to see as iconic moment after iconic moment. The actual location filming, iconic. Barbara being a complete madman with that van, iconic. The final showdown with the Daleks at the mine, iconic. Susan and Doctor's farewell, iconic. <laughs> <laughs> If completely weird in retrospect. They obviously hadn't quite gotten down the whole idea of companion farewells yet. I'm not surprised that this wound up being the basis of one of the Cushing movies when Dalek Mania and Doctor Who reach its 60s peak. Any supercut of the best moments in the story is enough to get you hype about Doctor Who. Oi. So fuck you guys, because BT Flippity gets smarter than all of you. <laughs> You're not wrong at all. I did give it a one though, so get on my level, flippity gigget. We're rate. We're giving things numbers now. <laughs> we're two hundred odd episodes no, in, and now we decide to do where this. you make us <laughs> begin us the rating. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I wonder which one is one. I think I know. Anyway, should it be number one? It's number one in my heart. <laughs> You just told us this one was number one in your heart. What is real anymore? Oh, oh, the one that is number one should be number one. Um, I don't want to say too much to give stuff away. Like, come on, I'm digging for hints. I need them, Jake. <laughs> They're all about here. <laughs> It'll be about seven years before we get there, so don't worry about it. Ode underscore Ali and Ode underscore Ali says Ian shows quite how effective he is. Even hold on, that what might not have been his first tweet. Yeah, it is. Ian shows. How effective he is even when he's by himself and pairing off Susan and David gives us a romantic story that seems real and developed despite everything that surrounds it. The story treats the fight against the Daleks relatively realistically, not holding back from showing death and brutality, but not being bleak either. The stakes feel real even when the pacing is somewhat slow, and the final iconic speech somehow manages to be both heartwarming and heartbreaking, showing Susan and the Doctor's love for each other, and Hartnell really shows the Doctor's emotion at letting Susan go so well and so easily through his performance. This is one I've been so excited for y'all to get to, and I can't wait to hear what you think. And yes, there is more companion piece pod on the way. We've just got a lot of editing to do, but have definite plans for what's coming soon. Cannot wait. We just need to cut Jake out of all of it. Yep. It's <laughs> a long time. I talk a lot. 
Chris at this emo trash says, My favorite moment of Susan comes from the story. David, she says she can cook. Dortman, oh, can you? David, and what do you do? Susan, I eat. Love the whole story. <laughs> Great send off for our first ever companion. Me too, Susan. Yeah, I've never I've never really like grafted to Susan, but in that moment I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James Courtney at Mr. J. Courtney says, here we are, the end of the beginning, or the end and the beginning. How far we've come from the man who tried to smash in a caveman's skull. Barbara <laughs> Neen have taught the doctor to be the person who fights the monsters. He won't leave Earth to its fate. The Daleks must be defeated. I love the evolution the characters go through in this first production block. It's a good job that nobody retcons there to be a past history of fighting monsters. <laughs> Little dig there at uh, Chibnall. <laughs> I like the theory that after realizing who he is to become, he decides that he should leave Susan somewhere safe. Oh, that's cool. Safe? So now as he's realized... Not, right. <laughs> Earth is never safe. It's constantly being attacked by aliens. Very different definitions of safe. Yeah, what's the joke? Every Christmas you go into hiding or something? <laughs> but this is, in, this is in the year like 2146. Like, <laughs> all that's over now. Yeah, everyone's oh. dead. <laughs> hey Alex yeah who's your MVP hmm I think I gotta give it to Susan she was killer in this one Carol Ann Ford Carol motherfucking Ann Ford Jill um hmm. okay here's the thing I really like the Dalek story I didn't love every other story, but still got to be the writer, right? There's good Terry writing. Nation. Who be that? Give it to the nation. Terry Nation. Terry Nation. Speaking of Terry's, Terry, who you got? I'm giving mine to Jacqueline Hill. Who? Barbara. Jay Barbara. Terry, er, Cody. Ah, the other one that ends in E. I've already given it to Terry Nation. So I will take it away and give it to Ian. <laughs> William Russell? Ian. Sam, who we got? I... Oh, sorry, Cody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Terry Russell. I love his acting. Yeah, yeah, like, he really Russell. feels like he's the... <laughs> He's the well-trained actor of the bunch. Hartnell's really good, too. But fucking Ian is just a badass. Sam? I think Barbara, because she had to deal with Jenny for most of the episode. <laughs> what a saint. Aw, poor Jenny. <laughs> and I'm giving mine to David Whitaker. Script edited the shit out of this season and a little bit. And wrote the shit out of that William Hartnell's speech at the end. And he writes next week's story, too. That speech was real good. Sam, I forgot to ask you, what's the medical efficacy of a wet bandage? <laughs> it's cold. The water's cold. <laughs> it's, it produces swelling. <laughs> so good? Everyone bitches about the <laughs> putting the wet rag on her. And then the first thing that other lady says when they get to, or is it Jenny, when they get to the bunker, it's like, how come you didn't wrap a wet rag around it? And Barbara's just like, oh, I don't know. But she did. <laughs> we saw her do it. A wet rag doesn't mean a cold rag. 
That's that's all it's I'm saying. It's the Thames. It's cold all the time. Anyway. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because literally had no idea. It's like <laughs> Alex, do the song. <laughs> This has been Married to Who, our episode on the occupation of Earth. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to have our GoFundMe open for contributions to help uh, displaced children and families in Ukraine. Uh, you can go to our Twitter page, Married to Who Pod, and get that link. Or you can go, I'm sure Sam will put it on our Instagram at Married to Who. And you can also just go to GoFundMe and search for uh, giving aid to displaced families in the Ukraine. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and our producer, Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for The Rescue. You gotta watch the show in the context that it was shot. <laughs> <laughs>